I don't fucking beep 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 right as I'm about to start. I was literally on the inhale and it beeped. Beep, Welcome beep, to beep. Justice Loses the podcast where we're talking about pop culture mo- mo- movies. Ha, I'm gonna say media, not just movies. Oh, maybe mostly today, today mostly movies. today with movies. Uh, namely movies, even the comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful and interrupting asshole co-host. Beep beep beep, Matt. Beep, 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 Matt. <laughs> Matt, what should people do? Uh, like, subscribe, tell a friend. And I know I kind of breeze by that all the time, but it's really important you actually tell a friend. Or if, yeah. like, I mean, more appropriate to our general quality would be tell an enemy, inflict us upon them. Oh, yeah. But And honestly, like, I, I get generally good vibes from people who listen. They're like, yeah, you're pretty funny. Like, yeah. we're not, we're not, like, quality great stuff. Get no. it? Because quality. I, I do get it. If anyone that doesn't get that joke, for fuck's sake, guys, look at the look at the YouTube account. Oh wait, they're not on YouTube. Everything's under Justice Losers. Yeah. We're a subsidiary. No. no, I think the it's the quality quality entertainment's the account name on SoundCloud. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's our company. Company in air quotes. It's our grand media empire. Yep. Yep. Don't worry, we're coming for you, Rooster Teeth. Yep. Or no, was it full screen? I think full screen. Full screen is the company that has Rooster Teeth. I don't know teeth. what these things are. I know what these things are. Uh, yeah. Rooster Teeth just started as a bullshit YouTube channel, and then they did, started to kind of branch out. Like they were doing Red versus Blue, mm-hmm. and they started to kind of branch out. We should do an episode on full screen. Actually, now that I think about it, because that's a media. That's a pop culture media. Full screen has a lot of YouTube. Okay. We should I'll do have a to YouTube. Figure out what they are. We'll do a YouTube episode, like an episode about YouTube. Maybe we'll put that one wow. on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's a lot of. There's a lot of YouTube, YouTube. like like the big stuff of YouTube, like kind of the where all the empire and stuff like that came from. All right. Uh, Anyway. Anyway. uh, So, yeah, tell a friend, because if you tell a friend, we still have that thing running. We have we are at a tally of zero out of four right now. Come on. If you comment to us what episode you're going to tell one of your friends to listen to and then they listen to that episode and comment on it. That happens four times. We will do a 12 hour episode. Guys, a 12-hour episode, you don't even have to listen to it, the whole thing. Yeah. It's just misery for us. Exactly. That's, that's what you suffer. want. That's what Please. you want. You just want us to be the worst. Yeah. Also, we'd probably break it up in a bunch of mini-episodes so you actually can listen to it in yeah. bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, do that. So tell a friend. I mm-hmm. guess that's the do that's, the, thing that's the, the takeaway here. That's the do the thing for the day. Yep. Uh, Matt, what about you? Uh, Not a whole lot because I just started a new job this week. And this so... beer is old. Sorry, I'm drinking a beer. Okay, now you're the interrupting one. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> the tables have turned it. Uh, no, but I started a new job, so I'm... Uh, That's right. Yeah, so I'm kind of... My schedule's still kind of hammering out when I do what and whatever. <laughs> um, and I'm also really trying to focus on chess right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I have been keeping up with my Swamp Thing reading, and I finished volume three of the Alan Moore run, which is sort of a... It's part of a larger focused arc um that i think is going to end up tying into crisis on infinite earths uh because there's like a little two-page thing sorry talk I, about crisis. Uh, we're having people over at my parents house matt and i just got here early to do this and i got mm-hmm. a text from somebody that needed the address and i was not listening to any of that i zoned <laughs> in when you said crisis infinite earths and now i really want to know what the rest of that was normally i just kind of play off if i like zone right. out I'll just play off it like, yeah, interesting, but I really want to fucking know what's building into Crescent and Earth. What's going on? <laughs> Alan, Alan Moore Swamp Thing Volume 3. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, well, it's a time period, so it kind of 
I had intersex right then. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I no. just, today's going to be a massive an episode, oh, dude. Yeah. My dad just walked in, and he, he walks in kind of during most episodes, but it's, he, he's really quiet, and we don't. But I just habitually said hi. <laughs> yep. Yay, interrupting this episode. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be an no. episode of interruptions. <laughs> but uh, this whole arc for Swamp Thing specifically is just about, like, all of the evil things are coming out of the woodwork, so it kind of goes back to the horror roots, and it's uh-huh. like, here's a werewolf issue, and here's a vampire issue, except it's done Alan Moore style. Yeah. So, like, everything's a metaphor and a commentary. Yeah. And, uh, he has a two-issue f- two one on, uh, like, nuclear power and radioactive waste. Really? That's really interesting. Okay. And kind of terrifying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really good stuff. I'm still really enjoying it. Okay. Um, started volume four and volume five and six should be arriving in the mail tomorrow. That's out of eight. That's out, right? Six. There's six out. Well, I could have sworn there was more. No, there's only there's only six that contains the entirety of Alan Moore's run. Mm. And then other people took over. Gotcha. Okay. So. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yep. Did that. Uh, also, should we save the Game of Thrones? yeah let's we'll do a bit we'll do a bit where we talk about game of thrones okay for a little bit all right we'll we'll be doing that for the next six weeks we'll have a little chunk between news and what we're talking about i think we should do like a little brief like talk about the game of thrones just really briefly okay um is that all you've been up to yep all right uh i have been continuing on the new teen titans track i realize why it takes so long to read new teen titan read new teen titans Mm -hmm. because today i also read during the late service because when i go to the early service i either fall asleep or read comics during the late service yep um i i realized why it takes so long during the late service i read the first issue of actually the zeroth issue of brightest day which is the follow-up to blackest night mm-hmm. which i haven't read blackest night in forever so reading brightest day was all like the oh yeah that person was dead and is now alive that person's dead was dead and is now alive like trying to remembering what happened during right. blackest day <laughs> or blackest night um i realized what takes so long in the new teen titans is Marv Wolfman narrates a lot Hmm. like there it he will there's so much narration I I could probably I'll take a picture or take a screenshot on uh, on the app of some kind of chunk of the of a new Teen Titans thing and show and put it on Instagram and show you guys how much he narrates Mm -hmm. but it's a lot of narration so instead of just like reading speech bubble speech bubble speech bubble speech bubble speech bubble inner monologue speech bubble inner monologue it's just it's speech bubble giant speech bubble narration for like the entire left side of the page mm-hmm. and it i mean it's fucking wonderful because he tells it like it's an actual book he's like he gives you what the he tells you what the person's thinking and like what's going on and kind of uh it it's much more like an actual book than a comic is now because a comic is like it'll show you with pictures like kind of their face or like what's happening mm-hmm. um but he'll kind of narrate like what's happening while it's being drawn which is really interesting mm-hmm. but it takes so fucking long yeah. dude oh it's so hard to get it's like it's great storytelling but it's for someone who i i don't like reading books that much um i need to get into it i have a yep. i have a way to get into reading lord of the rings i'm basically gonna like read my old ranger's apprentice which is a mm-hmm. young adult fantasy novel yeah. series uh kind of ease myself into it uh, sense. would should i watch or read lord of the rings or Ga- uh, game of thrones second 
Which one's harder to read? Uh, well, Lord of the Rings is definitely like harder from language and okay, um, just like the the vocabulary and uh, the the way he tells the the story, I guess, because it's a lot of like archaic, almost biblical style language and mm. stuff. Um, it's not that it's not readable, yeah, but just it, Game of Thrones is more just here's the story. Okay, I'm gonna tell it. But also Game of Thrones is a lot longer and it's going to be, there's always confusion because it's very different from the show in places and because there's a the ton timer. of characters and some of the characters have different names than they do in the show. Really? Yeah. All right. I, I think, and that's kind of why I want to go in and read it. It's because like, who's the guy that was like kind of a partner to Braun? There's like another guy. I was watching some interviews of George R. R. Martin. He was talking about like, there's another kind of sellsword guy kirky Chirk, karkid cat kako something there's <laughs> yeah, a no, c I'm, sound in there I'm somewhere like, there's there's so many characters i don't remember all of them and i haven't read the books in probably four years gotcha so I, okay i do want to go back and read them because who knows maybe winds of winter will actually come out by the time year. you get through yeah yeah yep so i've been doing that uh i think that's pretty much all i've been doing oh oh uh, I watched the Justice League versus the uh, Fatal Five. Okay. Um, I saw an ad for that on Facebook. It's pretty good. Uh, I mean, the their animated movies never really like blow you out, like blow you away. They're mm-hmm. usually just like pretty good. However, this one is a lot different because it's actually the same universe as the animated series, the Justice League animated series. Uh, they brought back the Trinity, the voices for the Trinity. So you have the like you've got mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy back as Batman, which oh, hasn't good. been in a while. Um, it's the same animation style. The music comes back. The theme comes back. Like uh-huh. when uh, you have Jessica Cruz, who's the new Green Lantern. Right. Uh, she's like walking through the Hall of Justice and it's playing like the old theme. Mm-hmm. And like when they all show up, it, like it plays like the same kind of electric guitar sound, like mm-hmm. the theme and stuff like that. And it's boy, it's wonderful to experience new stuff in that universe because that was that is such a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, I always remember someone wants to get into comics or get, get into DC I usually recommend that they find a way to watch that. It's on Netflix. Okay. Because um, that's a really easy way. It's a real a child way to get into it mm-hmm. and kind of vaguely get yourself familiar with the characters. Because mm-hmm. if you throw yourself into it like me where – I mean, I grew up with the Teen Titans, which is something that helped me with a lot of the characters. Right. And and the Justice League. But I really didn't pay attention to the Justice League. I paid more attention to Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Um. When I started reading comics, I read Crisis on Heaven and Earths, which is a nightmare if you don't know what's going yeah. on. And I have yet to read it all the way through and know entirely what's going on. Mm-hmm. I know the story, but like, I think like when I was flipping through a few months ago, I saw Phantom Stranger in it, and I did not remember that he was in it because I had no idea who Phantom Stranger or Etrigan were right. back when I last time I read it. So, <laughs> if you want to get into DC Comics. Watch the animated show because it is a wonderful show and it's also really well written. Okay, but then like once you get it through all that, watch the Justice League versus the Fatal Five because it's Fatal Five is a um, Legion of Superheroes villain mm-hmm. team, so it's a it's a um, fight that you don't often see between the two of them. So okay. it's interesting, fun. I like it. That reminds me, I forgot to mention uh, something. Volume three, also. I believe it's in volume three marks the first appearance of john constantine in comics that's right it does yeah i thought it was hellblazer i was wrong yeah no he's he shows up he kind of 
Um, he's like, here, Swamp Thing, go to this place and fight the vampires. And then here, Swamp Thing, go to this place and fight the werewolf. Is he the stereotypical John Constantine that we know now? Or is I he... don't know who the stereotypical John oh, Constantine that we know is now is. Is he a giant asshole? Yes. Okay, then he's a stereotypical <laughs> John Constantine. <laughs> yeah. Basically, if he's a giant asshole, then yeah, he's a John Constantine. Pretty know. much. He's like, he's playing Swamp Thing along by teasing him about like all this information that he might know about him secrets and powers that he has yet to unlock that's the thing if you know john constantine he absolutely fucking knows it yeah john constantine is one of the is i think i think regarded as the best person in the in the magic world of the dc okay like he knows everything he knows every magic style he's sold his soul a million fucking times and weaseled himself out of things and he's Mm -hmm. like just everyone knows the name john constantine yeah it's great so yep it's fun watching him manipulate manipulate swamp yep. thing yep who's That's not really prone johnny to, not prone to manipulation so much he's a they don't call him john constantine for nothing huh. and well i mean they also call him con man which is kind of a play on his name That's... and the fact that he's a giant fucking asshole all right all right yeah that's what i've been up to okay uh what news has there been uh it's been kind of a quiet week Has um, been. i haven't seen hellboy's losing a bunch of money which i'm excited oh, to see no shit it's so bad. <laughs> Anytime someone brings it up to me, it just like ruins my day. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so bad, guys. <laughs> it it's just so bad. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, let's see. We got a full Child's Play trailer. Hmm. Which I watched with the sound off on Facebook. <laughs> Scrolling through. Yeah. It actually, looks really good. Okay. Um. Well, I think Mark Hamill's voicing Chucky. Yep. Which is. Always a good thing. Oh, yeah. Mark uh, Hamill voicing anybody is a good thing. Mark mm-hmm. Hamill needs to do... I want to get, like, a mega game where... Well, actually, I was about to say... I want to get a mega game where it has all the big voice actors. Uh, fucking Arkham series. Yeah. It has, like, all of the big actors in mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything having to do with Batman has just... Like, the Arkham series has a lot of the big voice actors, and the Dark Knight trilogy has all of, like, the big actors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Um, no, but so I think I, I've only seen the first original Child's Play, and it's kind of a clever concept on its face, but it really suffers from the fact that he's not a threatening villain at mm-hmm. all. He's a little doll. The The only fight where you actually feel any tension is when he's fighting like a six-year-old kid, because <laughs> that's the only one that he could hope to be a physical match for yeah. in any sense. So they didn't do a very good job of actually making him menacing to an adult. Right. It's more just the incongruity, I think, that's made him iconic. Yeah. But this one, they're playing it. It looks like they're playing it into like uh, smart home technology. Like he, he's somehow connected to all this smart home technology and he can use that to manipulate the environment. Interesting. Which I think is a really clever play on some fears that people oh, yeah. have about the yeah. privacy and the security of their Internet of Things. And yeah. so. I think that I'm really excited for this. Actually, it's a I think a smart way to 21st century. Yeah, absolutely. A, kind of a boring character. Yeah. So. Cool. Cool. Good for them. Yep. What else? Uh, John Cena is going to be in Suicide Squad. Wasn't that a rumor? I think it's official. Hmm. Man, what's he going to be? Uh, give me a second. I mean, they might do Bane. Yeah. Dude. Actually thinking around, thinking about it, what if they're doing a Suicide Squad movie that leads into a um, a Secret Six movie? 
That'd be really fucking cool. You don't know who any of the... I, you don't know who Secret Six is. You're gonna have to is. explain that entire sentence to me. So, the Secret Six is another, like, team of... It's kind of like another Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I don't believe they're controlled by Amanda Waller, but I also think they might be, because Amanda Waller's always kind of in control. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got, like, uh, Ragdoll, Bane, uh, uh, Catman, uh, I believe... I'm trying to fucking picture the cover in my head and i can't place it right now but they could that'd be a really interesting thing to do would bring in the in the secret six and have bane because john constantine as bane would be a really good i mean he's not mexican you but said john constantine did i bane. say john constantine john yeah. cena um see I, I i still like dave batista as bane well yeah i mean that'd be a good but what else is he okay so now we have two giant ripped dudes Maybe we'll get a king shark. Maybe so. Yeah, he'd be a king shark. Okay. Because king sharks rip. King shark's the muscle. Mm-hmm. He's the muscle character. Is it just team gonna all be muscle? Because we've got Dave Bautista, John Cena, and Idris Elba, who are all like big dudes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna be a bunch of big dudes and Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah. Woo! <laughs> know where this is going? They're going for the triple X rating on this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, no, More so we like got... Suicide Squirt. Oh, that was Matt. That probably wasn't even the best I could come up with. No. <laughs> the I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Damn, Matt. <laughs> well, that one's... Oh, I don't have the actual time time because uh, I started the timer like five minutes late. So good luck if you want to cut that one out. Good yeah, luck finding I'm gonna it. I'm going to leave it. All right. <laughs> the audience deserves to share our discomfort. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I think probably what we're looking at is Bronze Tiger, um, uh, King Shark, because I think what they're gonna try to do they might what they might try to do is find an entirely different lineup. Yeah, that's, which, I mean that's what they've kind of been saying. It's like yeah. Harley's gonna be the only holdover, and maybe Captain Boomerang. Kind of need Captain Boomerang. They kind of need Deadshot. Mm. Um, so we'll see if they if they cast that. Um, yeah. but. I mean, they uh, Enchantress is a is a big one. They could bring her back and actually like make her fucking done right. <laughs> as much as Cara Delvine was wonderful and like that, like her acting was very good for that character. Like the struggle and like as far as I remember, it's been I've literally only watched the movie once, and that was when it came out. I have too, but she kind of stuck out as me as not good in that. Did so. she? Yeah. Okay. I like the transition thing, the hand thing. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That's good. Like, that was literally, like, ta- a hand taking over, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, even though that's not Demon really... take the wheel. <laughs> um, so, ah, we'll see. All right. Anything else? That's all I have on my note card. All right. I don't have news. Uh, so, for the next timestamp, from this timestamp to the next timestamp in the description... Uh, we will be talking about Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 1. Full spoilers for that and all previous seasons. Yeah, I mean... Just because every... we're not going to make that effort. Yeah, so if you if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, or if you have not started watching the show and you want to avoid spoilers, just stop listening for like however long the timestamp is. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty boring episode all around, honestly, to me. Just seems like a giant like setting up a, a, a baseball to whack it. Mm. so like it just it th- there's so much drama that's about to happen 
Like, you know there's going to be some tension between Danny and John. Yep. Because John, I think this is what's going to happen in this next episode. John is going to tell Danny, John doesn't give a shit about being king. Literally, like, I saw an interview with Kit Harrington, and he's just like, hey, John doesn't want to be king. Yeah. There's a reason he's so, like, he even says it in the episode. He's like, I didn't ask to be king of the North. You guys gave it to me. I'm honored. I don't fucking want it. Right. He doesn't want to be king of the North. Why is he going to be one of the want to be the king of the seven kingdoms yeah so he's gonna be like danny look here's the situation no more sex uh you're still the queen yeah but she's not gonna take that she's still going to get very defensive and probably attack him at some point because she doesn't like the fact that he actually has the rightful heir to the th- he's the rightful heir to the throne mm-hmm. because other people will support him over her yeah even if he doesn't want it yeah because that's just the way he is and it's the way she is yep that's gonna be a huge conflict in the next five episodes yep i mean there's gonna be some Future conflicts, I think, involving dead people. No nah, nonsense. Weapons. Whole army of the dead, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, that'll just be like killed off screen in episode two, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, what the giant battle is for episode three, is just them fighting and then they win. And then it's just between Danny and John duking out. And Cersei's like, I want to be a queen! Yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> in exactly that tone She's, of voice. Yeah. I want to see, see Lena Haiti do that. <laughs> uh no i i actually really liked this episode um it was definitely just a bunch of necessary setup to make sure all the pieces were in the right spot so that we know what the character dynamics are going to be introduce the what the tensions are going to be like at winterfell for the next episode until the army of the dead shows up Mm -hmm. which last shot of episode two guarantee uh, it's that dead horse hoof yeah yep that's what emily and i actually talked about today yep yeah um i really I don't think anyone's going to die in the second episode. I think we're going to get a few deaths, but it's mostly going to be... Um... We've got, uh, for people who are listening, we've got a death pool that we've got going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Every episode, right before the episode, everyone chooses one person they think is going to die. There's a point scoring system. You can say nobody, double or nothing, if you guess who kills them. Mm-hmm. And then we've also got a survivor that we think is going to make it all the way to the end and their kill count. Yep. I stupidly said Brienne with three. I don't think Brienne's even going to survive. Hell, she's my fucking death for this episode. I I chose Brienne to survive with... I thought Brienne was good for some reason, and I locked it in, and I, I'm honor coding it. Like, yep. I want to go back. But I I think I thought she was going to kill three named characters. Fucking no way. There's no way Brienne is going to kill... She's a great character, but mm-hmm. she's not the person that you use to off-named characters. That's Arya. Yeah. If you need someone to off-main characters, it's Arya or Cersei via Mountain. Well, I mean, Brienne did... <laughs> sort of kill the hound <laughs> but <laughs> that's because she season. yeah but that's because like that's that's the person that would that would butt heads with her right. and they did right there's no one else that she would and well stannis she killed stannis she did kill stannis um but i mean it's just it's not in her character to kill named characters i could see her taking down a white walker yeah i mean that's and we need to make the decision soon if White Walkers are going to be considered uh, named characters. I think we – because we consider Night King, White Walkers, and Army of the Dead as separate people. Yeah. So killing a White Walker would be a kill technically. Yeah. Because there's what? Like we uh, we think maybe less than ten of them uh, vaguely. I don't know. We've only I'd seen say... four of them at any time. Yeah. I've never seen I'm more than I'm pretty sure more than ten. I'd more say... than ten? Okay. Yeah. Every not, time not one of them lot. dies, another one's like they call back to like where the home of the night. Okay. Well, well, so in, in season four, when we see the Craster's baby get turned, yeah. there's like thirteen of them yeah. around, and we've seen like three or four of them die. Yeah. Um. 
I imagine there's more out there. Okay. Just because, like, I mean, we see one wandering around just in the like the cold open of the entire yeah. show, and there's it's the one there. Sam kills, and yeah, there's, I I just I feel like there's a few of them out there leading little separate posses and stuff that are all part of the plan. What if the Night King isn't actually the boss? That'd be something. That'd be another season of material. Yeah. There's no way you could be like episode five. You're like, oh, Night King is actually serving to this guy. And then just have one episode where they take care of it. Yeah. That would be absurd. That'd be too ridiculous. Yeah. Because the, the Night King's just a, a recognizable figurehead for yep. this force of nature level threat. We don't need power dynamics. Then. Yeah. So uh, this episode uh, was, yeah. So pretty much a setup for everything that happens. Nobody died. Um, Except little Lord Umber, Oh, uh, little Lord Umber, gruesome. Poor kid. Yeah. And then he came back. Then he came Yay, back. Yay, little Lord Umber. Then he went down again. Oh yeah. Oh, little Lord Umber. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, we'll see what happens. Yep, I'm excited. That's that's oh, in fuck. like that's that is uh five hours f- less than five hours from now. Four hours and forty five minutes. Hype. Woohoo! I've remembered that Game of Thrones is going on like four times in the past week. I'm just I like, know. oh, Sunday's Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this week we have this episode and we got Endgame on Thursday and then we probably got Battle of Winterfell next Sunday. God, so. dude, what a, and I've got several projects due and Dead Week is next week. Yep. Man, my heart is going to be everywhere right now. <laughs> just constantly racing. High yep. blood pressure everywhere. Oh, yeah. so constant sweating. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right. This concludes our Game of Thrones recap for the week. Yep. Shall we move on to the we shall move episode on. proper? What's the topic? All right. So in our continuing our series of best movies of X year where X is greater than or equal to 2010 and less than or equal to 2019. Fucking math nerd. Probably should have said N. That's really the convention when you're like Yeah, when you're talking about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, this is this is our this month's edition which is best movies of 2011. 2011. 2011. A lot of big movies this year. Yeah. Boy not oh a, boy. Not a great year for movies overall I'm going to argue, yeah. but this was the year that we discovered the our our conflict between best movies and most popular movies. Yeah. So I'm just going to real quick kind of run down the blockbusters list here. Yep. Here we go. Uh, Thor and the first Captain America, which mm-hmm. I really like the first Captain America. But oh, absolutely. Let's not pretend these are more than just solid yeah. MCU entries. Um, Green Lantern, which, as we all know, is the mm-hmm. best DC movie ever made. You know... The fact that it's not even, like, the worst DC movie is just really disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've i said this it's before. It's not even, like, the bottom five. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've said this before. I'll say it again. I low-key kind of like Green Lantern. It's it's basically just a big, dumb CGI superhero movie, but Ryan Reynolds is really charming, and him and Blake Lively have great chemistry, and that's... Oh, shocker. They got married it. or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's see we also in the superhero realm we had x-men first class that's right we did which is arguably the best x-men movie if you don't count like logan or deadpool i guess yeah because those are kind of outside the yeah the normal sphere i haven't seen first class in forever yeah from what i remember it was kind of adequate i guess i have to go back and watch it again i've seen it twice and um once a long time ago when i was like in high school and then once probably past three years or so Mm -hmm. and it yeah it, it holds up okay it's not brilliant game changing like i think dark phoenix might maybe be well you were also excited for hellboy i was also excited for hellboy although i will say i started reining in my expectations once the trailers came down came came out come out they come out i got little trailers come out yeah no but dark phoenix i've just been getting more excited as i've been seeing more yeah dude 
Oh, Sophie Turner. Yeah. Oh, I love her so much. Mm-hmm. She's good. Uh, no, but first class was pretty good. Let's see. We also got... Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part 2! Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part 2, which is... Speaking of conclusions to long-running yeah, series. Yeah, that's a... That's an impressive movie. Yeah. Um, It's hard to talk about it just in objective movie terms because it's sort of like Infinity War in that it builds on everything that came before. It's literally just a giant act three. Yeah. And it's it does that perfectly. Yeah. It's, it's that same sort of intensity that Infinity War has where you're just, you have so much invested already that you're just one of my, super into it. One of my favorite things about that movie, and I really want to go back, I've only seen it twice, and I really want to go mm-hmm. back and watch it again. I want to go back and watch all of the Harry Potter movies all the way through. Mm-hmm. I've only done that once. Okay. Um, with Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part 2, is there like a shorter way you can say it? Like with Star Wars, we have like Jedi. HPDPPT. Cool. Uh, with that, <laughs> um, there's really like a tension with it when they're preparing. Like right. it's the whole pre-battle is just tense as fuck. Mm, mm-hmm. When everyone's like when it's dead silent and everyone's like preparing the shield. Yeah. And like McGonagall does the, the stone statues yep. and she's always like she's like always wanted to use that spell. <laughs> always wanted to use that spell. Oh, oh man. I love her. Love it, great. Um that and then then they off big characters yeah they off one of the twins and like no one who hasn't read the books saw that coming (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's a it's a climax done as a climax should be you feel the stakes unlike say hellboy or captain marvel even yeah where it's just like yeah it's whatever it's the end or hellboy oh thank goodness it's ending i don't have to go (laughs) strangle myself in the bathroom um <laughs> guy you didn't even make it to the bathroom you slammed your head into the wall I before did. we really exited did. the door yeah. um no yeah you feel the stakes and it justifies Delivers. those there's the there's real meaningful tension and a satisfying climax you know one of my other th- favorite things about it and i just thought about this mm-hmm. and it immediately became one of my favorite things about it the conclusion kind of the conclusion to the whole thing is just daniel radcliffe snapping a twig yeah. Like it's this it's this this wand that has been the center of just death and hysteria and mm-hmm. like just turmoil and chaos in the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. And he just like snaps it like a twig. Yeah. And it like that doing that really show like really puts into the watcher's mind of like all the power was in the people and not in the wand. The yeah. wand has nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's a powerful wand, but, like, the guy who wielded it is the one who did it personally mm-hmm. that caused all this turmoil. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the – just – there was, like, a little bit, I think, of a spark when he broke it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it was just – That's it. That's it. Yeah. And it's just, like, wow. Yeah. What an anticlimactic end, but also, like, really telling of, like, what actually yeah. just fucking happened. It's a, it's a great, satisfying final note on Harry's arc, too. It's, like yeah. – Here's this guy who he's been the chosen one and sort of this grand hero the whole time. But he's also, he's just kind of a kid who kind of wants to do the right thing. And here he is. He's just basically giving up unlimited power mm-hmm. and going on and being a normal person. The music of the of the movie is phenomenal. Yeah. The um, the tone, like, and I, I, I always made this comment. I think I made it really, really, really early on in our uh, episode, or in our show, uh, Everything about Harry Potter got better as it went. Well, okay, like if you look at Near, like if you I, look at the trend line, it's positive. Yeah, like the first three, like what you, it's kind of hard to top John Williams, right? 
but like the general trend line is like they got better. Um, I mean, you have like the wannabe John Williams in four, yeah, which is and it's definitely the down, which is why I talk about the trend line. Yeah, acting got better. The yeah. visuals got way better. Mostly, mostly. Um, six is really muddy. Yeah. I think that the the satur not the saturation they pulled the saturation down a lot. Mm-hmm. What, what it's really interesting what they kind of did is they pulled the saturation down, but they made the spell colors look a lot more prominent, uh-huh. which I really like because it came mm-hmm. more about that than like the characters, right? Like, well, but it also became more about the characters. Ah, it's, it's just like, we'll have I'm to just do we'll have to do a whole episode. On oh yeah, all this yeah. We need um, to do a Harry, Harry Potter episode. Yeah, series of episodes probably probably to get get all of it in there. Mm-hmm. We'll have somebody who's like read the books. Katie would be a good one to have on there. Yeah, I'll talk to Katie about getting her on for that one. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's a really good, really good movie. Um, I think see. it deserves to be like up there. Yeah, it was. It's close to my top five for the year, but I'm not sure I'll let it in. I'll decide by the end of the episode. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Cars two, the oh worst god, Pixar the movie, worst Pixar movie of all time. It's not awful but relative to pixar's body of work it's yeah it's like a marvel movie it's like thor 2 well thor 2 is pretty bad but it wasn't like god awful it wasn't like thor 2 is entirely watched yeah and it's just like compared to you know infinity war and iron man and avengers it's just like ah yeah not good right we'll talk less about that now (laughs) Uh, let's see uh sherlock holmes game of shadows not as good as the first one but still entirely fun yeah i love robert downey jr and i'm so excited for sherlock 3 yep like just it he is the perfect person to play that kind of sherlock holmes we've had different kinds of sherlock holmes um but it's so much fun and they like the with the first one they really show you his skills, his his ability to predict how the way a fight is going to go. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, he's got this like really talented mind. Mm-hmm. And they do that for the first episode or for the first movie. And then the second one, they pit him against the same fucking kind of person. Yeah. And I love that scene that is where funny, it's just yeah. like 10 minutes almost of them just being like, oh, but I'm going to do this. Oh, but I'm in fact going to do this before they throw a punch. <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful. It's uh Moriarty. Yep. What a dude. It's a, uh... Yeah, the, the the action hero model of Sherlock Holmes is, well, let's say, a little controversial with sort of yeah. hardcore fans because it's really a departure from the classical understanding oh, of the yeah. character. Uh, I think those movies are perfectly fun. Yeah. Um, Guy I'm, Ritchie can direct. Guy Ritchie? Yeah. 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 He did The Man from Uncle. Mm-hmm. Emily took took forever to convince me to watch Man from Uncle, and I watched it, and it was a wonderful movie, and I liked it a lot. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so that happened. Uh, Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol. First, the great Mission Impossible. Haven't seen it. Ugh, I man. Thought, I thought Rogue Nation was the one you hadn't seen. Oh, yes. Yeah. You're right. This is the one where he dangles out of the building. and Oh, dude. The one where my anus was super tight the entire yep. scene. <laughs> God. That yeah. was a stressful scene. Yeah. What a good scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's that and it's like that and the Halo jump scene from seven? Six. Six? Yeah. God, it feels like seven for some reason. <laughs> um those two scenes just boy yeah. are you just like biting the fuck out of your lower lip. Yeah. And this is and just from a movie standpoint, this is the one that really crystallized the effective Mission Impossible formula. Yeah. Where there's some crazy spy stuff and it all kind of takes backseat to the just the character interactions and a couple of really B 
big exciting set pieces yeah um so just cool gadget stuff and it's just it's when the franchise really settled into its groove yep here's how we do these really well yep um so i really like that one well you don't like the wee in two no i really don't i really really (laughs) don't the 90s were great that was 2000 Oh, that was that was early aughts. That's yeah. what that was. Yeah. Yep, that's the early aughts. Yes. Early aughts, leather and rock and explosions. Like the, the okay. I just want to point this the, the out. Matrix or Bob. The Hellboy, like the way the way its opening title card, brought me to the first X Men. Yeah. With just like really bad flame explosions. Yeah. It's just like. And like a really terrible sound of an explosion. Yeah. It was just like, I am not in 2002. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on from anyway, Hellboy again. We just really got that one stuck in the worst God, part it, of our brain, don't we? It is just a constant thorn in the side of my mind. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anyway. Uh, the last of the blockbusters I wanted to hit was Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen any of the apes ones. They're... Rotpota. I think I like the idea of them more than I like the movies themselves, but I respect them a lot because they're they're sort of the modern sci-fi blockbuster trilogy that is not afraid to take some risks and be more intelligent and layered um, and just different than, uh, uh, say, your normal superhero movie. It's yeah. like... It starts out with sort of a straightforward, like the um, Caesar's in a lab and he escapes and Planet of the Apes starts its rise. And then immediately the next one cuts to post-apocalypse. And that's just a wild leap for yeah. a, a mainstream blockbuster franchise. Yeah. And so this one, and for one thing, it's a just a really solid movie on its own, but it starts a, an impressive and interesting project. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I need to go back and watch all those. I, it sucks that I know the twist at the end of the very first one. Mm. I feel like that was a big deal. Yeah, way back in the 60s. Way back in the 60s. Yep. Oh, well. We'll yep. get to it eventually. Yep. Let's see. Uh, award season was mostly cleaned up by the artist and Hugo. Hugo, yep. Didn't yep. see Hugo, didn't see the artist. I've seen both. Um, I didn't get Hugo, I feel like. I feel like you told me that Hugo's supposed to be really good. It's supposed to be really good. I don't get it. Okay. Um, it just, it kind of feels like Hollywood masturbation. Like, uh, look how excited we are about movies. Yeah. Uh, just, so what was Hugo about? Hugo uh, Weaving? The, right. Cool. Just a biopic of Hugo Weaving. What's he doing these days? Um, Last I saw he was Red Skull speaking of 2011. Yeah, what has he done recently? Well, I mean, he was, I guess he was in The Hobbit briefly. Oh, yeah. Um, he was in Cloud Atlas, which we'll get mm. to in the 2014 yeah. episode. Because um, he didn't, it, he didn't make his reprise as Red Skull. No, that was that was the man of many impressions. Right, I fucking love him. <laughs> like I barely know him. I know he was in Walking Dead for a little. I don't know if he's still. I think he still is in there. Okay, how far have you gotten in Walking Dead? I'm still in season four. Okay, so you haven't met him yet. Yeah. We're going very slow because yeah. Hannah's like. Tell me when you get to it. the water in the road, and that's when you meet him. Okay. Um. Let's see. Yeah, Hugo. I don't understand. Uh, the artist I like. It's dangerously close to just being gimmicky. Like, let's do a silent movie in 2011. But oh, it was a silent movie. Yeah. Oh, it's an out and out silent movie. Does it have cards that? Yep. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Damn. 
Yeah, and it's I uh, like I said, it's dangerously close to gimmicky, but it's really well put together, and you like the characters, and you get really involved in the story, and so mm-hmm. it works. Um, it didn't really push my happy movie watching buttons enough for me to include it on my best of list, but yeah. I it won best picture, and I I respect that choice, even if it wouldn't have been my pick. Yeah. So uh. he's been in. He's in The Mule mm. in 2014. Uh, a bunch of just things I've never heard of. I think he just. I think. I think he's doing the kind of the uh, Daniel Radcliffe thing where he made his money in Lord of the Rings, so now he's doing indie fun things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few actors that do that. We should yeah. talk about actors that do that. Just do indie fun things. Let's do any like they make their money and then they kind of save it and then they do just indie fun things. They do things that like they enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was in Mortal Engines. Oh, that's right. That was the the blockbustery thing that he was in. Yeah, I think that lost money. I hope that lost money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's. I mean, just a whole bunch of indie things. Some things that seem like they're not indie things, like Black Forty Seven. The way the the poster looks, it does not look like they wanted it to be an indie thing, but it definitely yeah, was. I've heard of that because you can kind of tell from the poster that it wants to like that does not look like an indie kind of movie. Oh no, that <laughs> one's looking for grand epic. Yeah, type of deal. Yeah. So okay. Let's see. So, what other movies should we talk about from 2011? Uh, I watched... Uh, what's the movie I watched? You watched Drive. I watched Drive! You really liked Drive. I really liked Drive. I wanted to really like Drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what? Uh, for me, what I really liked about it is that it was just not afraid to do what it needed to do in any given moment. It, mm-hmm. like, it was basically just like, yeah, we're not a particularly gory movie, except for like when he fucking murder somebody yeah like it i feel like with movies it's either constantly gory hellboy or just it dances around it a lot right and this one was just like it was either it's on or off basically Mm -hmm. and well not entirely even like there was one where he just like kicked a dude's face and you kind of heard the sound but you didn't see it happening Mm -hmm. meanwhile 30 minutes earlier you see a girl's head gets just exploded with a shotgun yep like it it does what it needs to do. Hmm? And I think the, the the uncomfortableness that developed between him and what's her name? I don't even know her name. Carrie Mulligan's character. Yeah, that yeah. one. Um, I really liked that, that dynamic. Mm-hmm. That she's just kind of like, she lost her husband. She's got this kid. There's this guy who's like really mysterious and cool. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like keeps playing on that. And, like yeah. shows a little bit of like kind of quirkiness or vulnerability every once in a while to kind of and like keeps her keeps her invested right and just that dynamic was wonderful mm-hmm. yeah I I really like the actors in this movie and I like the Great acting, acting. Um, there's a lot of moments I really like like the the sudden goriness you mentioned the the opening where mm-hmm. it's like a slow motion chase scene almost. Yeah. Uh, that's a really incredibly well done scene. Yeah. Just super tense, no dialogue sort of thing. Yeah. Like sort of hyper stylized in the opposite direction of baby driver. Yep. But still very I definitely funny. got a baby driver kind of vibe from that first scene where he was just mm-hmm. like, he had to, I mean, obviously it's a chase scene, a car chase scene. Right. And baby driver is the, it may not have been the first, like not even nearly the first car chasing, but it's the one that did it the best ever. <laughs> like if you want a good car chase scene go watch baby driver yeah you'll just get a bunch of them yep um it's uh 
Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't come together for me. It felt like it was more style than substance. Yeah. Like, I liked all these individual moments, but I didn't ever feel like I had a reason to care about the whole. The, I will say this, uh, are we going to kind of make a statement now that all of our best of these movies is spoiling the movies if they need to be? Yeah, if, okay. if they need to be, it'll be, I don't know, we'll try to keep it as light as possible, yeah. I guess. But. So the end, the very end, mm-hmm. where like they're leading you to think one thing, but it's definitely the other. I think they lingered on the one thing a little too long, because like, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I, I, we know I'm good at foreshadowing, that's just kind of a thing that we know that I can catch in movies. Right. And I knew he, I, I'm just gonna spoil it, I knew he was gonna be alive. Mm-hmm. I knew the most... The moment he, like, the moment it goes to his face, I was like, he's going to be alive. And, but normally when something like that is the case where it, like, it's trying to lead you to believe one thing, but it's actually the other. And I catch the other, or I call the other one early on. Right. It still does a pretty good job of, like, convincing me. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, the more it lingered, I was like, ah, it, there's no fucking way he's dead. Yeah. Like the a good example of doing just the right amount of time is Inception with the with the top at the end. Yes, that's just the right amount of time where you're like, wait a second. Oh no, there it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it it's it it holds you for a little bit, mm-hmm. but then it go then it, then it gives you a little tip tension release. Yeah, and this one just went on for way too long. I was like, there's no way they're gonna they're not gonna cash this in with a yeah. with an eyes opening. Like it's just. He does a very good job of remaining perfectly still, though. I saw one eye twitch, like, during mm-hmm. the entire... Because I was watching really closely. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm watching you, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Don't you fucking move. <laughs> yep. yep. But, man, he that guy can act. Yeah. I need him in more movies. Yeah. I need more people in more movies. I need less people, less certain people in movies and more other people in more movies. That seems fair. <laughs> Uh, all I right. need more Hayden Christensen. Yeah, we need him in some good movies. What's he been doing? I'm gonna look up his Wikipedia while uh, you. He was in some terrible crime genre with Adrian Brody a couple years back. Hayden Christensen. I looked him up. Comeback. I had completely forgotten what he looked like because I haven't seen the prequels <laughs> in so long. I looked him up. I'm like, huh? He kind of like. It took me a second because my brain registered him as Andrew Garfield. Nah. Momentarily, <laughs> and I was like, huh? He looks a little odd. Oh, wait. That's not Andrew Garfield. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, what are you Little doing? Little Italy. The Last Man, First Kill, 90 Minutes in Heaven, American Heist, Outcast, Quantum Quest, Takers. I think he's another one of those examples where he got his money from the prequels and he's just doing indies. I think it's more like he got his reputation kind of shot by the prequels and he hasn't been able to find a decent That's a good sense. point. That's a very good point. Um, well, I mean... Ewan McGregor's still doing stuff. Well, uh, yeah, but he had an established reputation beforehand. Hayden Christensen was basically a no-name going no in. Name. Um, Natalie Portman went into Marvel. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Natalie Portman's done everything. Yeah. She's all over the place. She's just a good actress, and we know that. Who would Hayden Christensen be in the DC universe? I love that game that like our friends play. We should do an episode of that where, mm-hmm. like... You go out to all of our friends, like the, we have a group me called I Heart Brubies, which is all of like, mm-hmm. I, I hesitate to say this, all of my best friends, because I'm, I'm the center one, because we've got like, because you didn't know most of them yep. before, but like, I kind of brought everybody together, that's right. what I do. <laughs> yep. Um, 
go out and ask them like or like just anybody and ask them for like actors and then you just start spewing actors and i have to come up with who i think they'd be in the dc mm-hmm. that's fun to me yeah. we can do a full episode on that shit all right anyway we'll have to make it a backup or something oh absolutely yeah. a backup because <laughs> yeah. there's no news related to that yep uh let's see what else came out that year um and it is hot i'm gonna go turn on the fan real quick okay let's see uh warrior warrior was a oh, 2011 movie that. yeah you've seen was it you've seen the fight scenes right just like on youtube i saw a fight scene at one point on uh okay. facebook okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a uh, uh oh my mom's food just hit us yep oh that smells so good <laughs> mm. easter yay no but uh warrior it's um it's not like a blow you away brilliant story or anything mm-hmm. it's good it does what it needs to it gets you to care about the characters enough compare it to creed for me I'd say it's pretty similar to Creed. Similar, like similar enough that like the fighting is like as intense and the, the fighting's intense and you care enough about the characters to be invested in the outcome and it's just a, a satisfying, fun fight movie watch. Okay. It doesn't set up for a sequel, does it? Uh no. Good. <laughs> it's just its own little I like those. Yeah. And it, it it's also it's like it it's fun doing I guess it's an MMA movie where it's not just straight up boxing like yeah. all the fighting movies are. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a slightly different world and you get to see a bit of that. So okay. It's cool. a lot of fun. Uh, Tom Hardy is absolutely fantastic. In and it, it. he's one of the characters, one of the actors I need more of. Yeah. Even though I have like so much of him. He's been in so many things. He's so, he's everywhere. He's yeah. one of those actors that like, there's a few examples that kind of like people like in our, or at least in my case mm-hmm. where you enjoyed movies and like you know, I mean, I, I talk about the ten years, but I'd seen movies because like yeah. I've I've seen all the Tom Hanks movies because my parents went through a binge of wanting to mm-hmm. watch Tom Hanks movies. Mm-hmm. I've seen all the sports movies like Field of Dreams and stuff like yeah. that because my parents went through a binge of wanting to watch baseball movies. Um, but like, I've seen quite a few. Mo- I've seen seen movies. I haven't watched movies as many movies, but like, the clarification is that I fucking remember the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like Tom Hardy's one of those people in people for people in my pers- my point of view that like you look at and you're like he looks kind of familiar and then you look at the imdb and it's like oh my god he's been in everything yeah what the fuck <laughs> yeah like who are other characters like that um other actors um oh god i can't i can't place any right now it's not worth yeah sitting here and thinking about it first thought was killian murphy but that's just because he's in everything christopher nolan ever does oh my god christopher nolan loves his like specific eight actors yeah <laughs> well i mean that speaks to how good a director is is he gets these high profile actors they keep every time yeah him. yeah they, yeah they must like something he's doing oh yeah he um, just gives them brownies after every <laughs> after every set that's why robert pattinson's involved he just wants the brownies <laughs> i want the brownies <laughs> i've heard about uh, the brownies yeah uh, speaking of baseball movies, Moneyball came out in 2011. Oh shit, that's right. Did you see that one? No. Okay, it's a, uh, it's probably the best baseball movie we've gotten since. That's uh, a arguably that's not, not Brad Pitt. Yeah, it is Brad Pitt. Oh, it is Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt okay. and Jonah Hill. Jonah Jonah Hill. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Good for him. He's a good actor. Yeah. Um, I love the every time like you see that there's a lot there's been a lot of it going out recently of like people talking to Jonah Hill about it's like hey so like you. Do you still play the fat, dumb one? And he's just like, what the fuck? I'm not even fat anymore. 
<laughs> and I'm not even in joke movies anymore. Yeah, I was in super bad, but mm-hmm. like I and I guess this is an example. Have you seen Moneyball? Yeah. That's not a comedy. No. I mean, it's got its funny moments. Oh yeah, every yeah. movie has its funny moments. No, it's just mostly. Uh, yeah. I haven't I haven't read the book, but from what I hear it's a Oh, it's a book. Yeah. What's it based on? I know nothing about this movie. So it's based on a book by I believe by Billy Bean, the um Billy Bean is the greatest name ever. Yeah, he was the so he's the Brad Pitt character in the movie. He's the okay. general manager of the A's in the early 2000s and he came up with a very different approach for evaluating players and deciding who to sign mm-hmm. uh based on a different value calculation than just sort of the classical baseball understanding. Had mm. he sort of he was a big part of the sabermetric revolution, which is using more refined analytics to figure out which players are good and which players okay. are going to be good. Okay. Uh, and so it's, it's his struggle against sort of the baseball traditionalist establishment. Oh, yeah. While also just being a, a fun baseball movie that takes a very different approach where yeah. it's almost completely unconcerned with what's going on on the field. Mm-hmm. Although it's centered around sort of the, the climaxes, their big 20-game win streak that they had. Gotcha. Which is a big deal. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, it's just it's a it's a good character story. It's interesting. It weirdly kind of reminds me of The Martian, where it's a lot of just like details. It's it's a very different thing where it's not him trying to survive and all these little science things. It's him trying to put together a good baseball team and using all these analytic tools and yeah, uh, game theory stuff loosely. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's not scientific because it's. It's a movie. It's a relatively. There's only budget, so much you can talk about movie. game theory in a movie and keep people in the seats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a high profile movie, but it's just it's it's a fun, satisfying watch. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's on my list. Mm-hmm. Probably should have watched it. Now I've had a lot of projects and tests and stuff, yeah. especially this week too. Like this yeah. week, I'm not going to watch any movies. Yeah, you should be responsible. Ugh. You're going to watch Endgame this week. Oh shit! We have to do a review. Oh, fuck. That's Thursday night. I have two exams on Friday. Yay. One of them's at 9.30. You want to push the review to Friday? That might be the best option. Okay. <laughs> Good, because I'm going to have to get up for work on Friday, too. So. All right. Let's, yeah. Okay. So you heard it here first, folks. We're pushing our in-game review to Friday. We're going to yep. watch the movie on Thursday, then push the review to Friday. Yep. So I've got two exams. Yep. Fuck. Uh, oh, well. All right. Let's see. What else? Uh, The Help came out that year it was oh, yeah. also pretty good during award season dude when did the butler come out that might have been in 2012 <gasps> so we might get it maybe so it's after 2010 yeah oh good oh dude i can't wait to talk about that movie okay. i'm gonna bring up the paper i wrote on it okay i have so much to talk about i haven't seen it <laughs> oh it's such a good movie dude god it's such a good movie butler's a great movie all right we're gonna, we're gonna what, do talk. You th- what do you think of the help though i i don't know Oh, you haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was one you might have slipped in through your 10 years. Nope. It's um, it's good, but it's very much also like the the white liberal establishment part of Hollywood patting themselves on the back about doing something about racism with sort of an inoffensive movie that tackles it mm-hmm. from a one-sided perspective, a la Hidden Figures and Green Book and stuff like that. So it's good. It's perfectly enjoyable. It's a positive and healthy thing, but it's not particularly incisive. Okay. Um, Emma Stone's really good. Uh, oh, Bryce Dallas it. Howard's really good. Octavia Spencer's oh. really good. Oh, shit. It's a, it's a stacked <laughs> cast. Oh, good lord. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, that's only like half the major people. I haven't seen it since it came out, uh-huh. but it's good. 
Cool. Um, Butler was 2013. Okay. And the moment I saw the picture, uh, just the cover of it, I like kind of had a tear come to my eye. <laughs> like, oh, Forrest Whitaker, you're so good. <laughs> he is good. He's so good. Yeah. Let's see. What else came out? Uh, Super 8. Did you see Super 8? I did see Super 8. Yay. The proto Stranger Things. Oh my God. Yeah. Because there was like a magnetism thing with it, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, it was this, this monster that giant space monster, giant space monster that broke out of a train yep. and it found its home like underneath in like kind of a cave thing. Mm-hmm. And it was a kid. It, it's stranger things, proto stranger yeah. things. A little group of kids. Yeah. And there was like a, there was a magnetism thing to it because mm-hmm. like all the, there was like a bunch of scenes where a bunch of metal things went flying, mm-hmm. uh, there was the main character was the dad i think of one of the kids one of the main characters one of the, one main of the characters yeah main like, grown-up characters was the i think the i don't know i haven't seen this since probably oh i haven't seen so. it since it came out yeah i watched it in a movie theater when it came out and mm-hmm. i haven't seen it since i've kind of yeah. wanted to go back and watch it yeah but i i think from what i remember and from what other people have said about it it's pretty good but definitely no stranger things oh I, like yeah the monsters the monster's not terribly well conceived, and the the story is as as good as you're gonna get from. The I remember movie, but... one thing I do remember from it is I was scared of the monster the first time it pops up on screen, mm-hmm. but then the fear like very quickly faded. Yeah, and it it just didn't keep my fear, and I was yeah. just like, ah, oh, everyone's gonna be fine because yeah. didn't... you show you show the creature and you lose the tension. A little oh, bit. absolutely. Who was who was it that said that? It was like Stephen King or something? I think so. Like someone was just like yeah. the moment you show this, the the creature, the all fear's gone or something. Yeah. But it's a yeah, it's a it's a solid movie. It's it's well made. Um, that was a uh, J.J. Abrams, I think. Was it now? Yeah, this is one like non-franchise thing. Yeah. that he's ever done. <laughs> um, let's see what else came out that year. Uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the American uh, right. version. Yep. Uh, that's a. It's probably kind of a hard book to adapt because the ending gets really messy, and. Like it hits sort of the end of the story, but then there's a hundred some more pages. Uh. Um, and it's it's good and it it all works in the book, but it doesn't fit very cleanly into a a three actor. I guess it's actually a five actor here mm-hmm. uh, structure. So it's as good as they're gonna get probably. Uh, it, it does some things better and some things worse than the Swedish adaptation. Yeah, but I really like uh, Rooney Mara as the titular girl mm-hmm. specifically she's she's really good she's got just sort of this vicious edge to her that the character needs but she can also do the vulnerable side yeah um daniel craig is this was in the middle of his james bond run which i guess is still ongoing yeah 13 years after casino royale jeez that was 2006 yeah um so he kind of it kind of feels a little bit like he's just kind of James Bond wandering around this yeah uh, Scandinavian thriller world, but yep. Let's see what else? Uh, Margin Call's pretty good. Uh, Coriolanus is pretty good. I've heard either of these. Um, Margin Call's the it's like a behind the scenes look at the start of the financial crisis. Uh, around which a, one? Two thousand eight one. Yeah. Okay. Centered around a few individual actors okay players um it's it's interesting it kind of doesn't have enough story to be super tense but Mm -hmm. it's really well acted and just yeah it's good uh coriolanus is a modern day shakespeare adaptation with 
Rafe Fiennes and Gerard Butler. Um, Interesting. Weirdly works pretty well. All right. But no one ever saw it. It's it's like a really gritty adaptation. Yeah. So uh, that one. We'll see. Oh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, man. That movie. What a movie. It's a movie. What a movie. Do you have thoughts on this particular movie? I maybe if I knew if I fed noon, man, I'm doing your shit now. Uh, if I'd known that that was this year, I would have probably thought about it more. I mean, uh, kind of just start rambling until words. I'll, I'll say some things. I really like this movie. It's uh, it's got some real stupid stuff to it, but so many little moments and things are really fun and endearing. Yeah. And, uh. It's, it's, it's not a blow you away brilliant type thing, but it's it's just a fun spin on the horror genre. I think uh, I think that's kind of where where my mind is kind of settling at. It's just like it it starts pretty stereotypical, yeah. which is the point, and then it just like it takes like three hard left turns, yeah. Um, and just that the what's the hallway scene or like the elevator room scene that is one of my favorite shots in all of cinema. <laughs> yeah. just, ding. um the oh god the two actors that i can never place their name but i've seen them in a lot uh which the the guys that are the kind of in charge of everything oh yeah the old older guys yeah those guys are wonderful yep those guys are delightful i love the um the the gambling board so you can Mm -hmm. like see Mm -hmm. all and then like if you uh i remember i went back and like um kind of relatively recently actually went back and like found in like the in the room where it has all the monsters you can see the monsters that they uh-huh. are gambling on um i love the extended mermaids joke slash thing oh yeah one guy wants the mermaids and it's never the mermaids and it gets so close to being the mermaids yeah. and then he gets killed by a mermaid Spoilers. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a fun movie yeah but i mean probably not one uh, i might go i might watch it eventually again yeah. Like it's, it seems like something I'd watch again. Yeah, it's it's one I'll probably watch with my kids when they're fourteen. Yeah, it's definitely one to like get drunk to. Yeah, definitely. that's one. It's like just, where you have your friends over and you're just like, want to watch Cabin in the Woods? Yep. And you're like already super hammered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, taking things in a more dark direction. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Do we though? We can we can avoid talking about Kevin. Let's avoid talking about Kevin. Okay. Oh no, that's what our podcast is about. Do you know it's about Kevin? I don't know what this movie okay. is. <laughs> uh, it's uh I'm actually not gonna spoil what the story centers around because the whole thing is sort of a mystery about what has happened. It's looking before and after a let's just say major traumatic event in a family's life. Okay. Um Does the wife kill the chi- the kids? No. Okay. Uh, that's the others <laughs> spoiler alert for the yeah. others it's been out for a long time fucking get over it yeah uh it's got uh tilda swinton plays the mom of the family and <gasps> john c Riley's the dad in oh. like more of a dramatic role he's he's good he doesn't have a lot to do he's kind of that's one most, of those tilda swinton's the main character that's one of those things where like john john c Riley makes fun of will uh will ferrell because uh-huh. like they're both in a lot of comedy movies together but John C. Riley's wins. John C. Riley wins awards. Mm-hmm. And there was like a, a musical bit on it where it was just like, "Why don't I win?" And John C. Riley's like, "Cause you got to be in serious movies, dude." 
<laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and Ezra Miller plays, he's the Kevin. Oh! And he's very good. Ezra Miller's great. Yeah. It's an unsettling performance, shall we say? Okay. Uh, it's a it's a really grim movie, and it's a little artsier than you're expecting. Uh-huh. Uh, so, if you're into really grim, just kind of unpleasant stuff, it's a good one. Were you on my... Never mind. Not going to say it. Fuck that. Not saying that. That is... Okay. <laughs> good? <laughs> I think people could piece together where I was going to go with that joke. Uh, I'll tell you explicitly after if you really right. don't know where I was going okay. with it. <laughs> uh, speaking of grim and unpleasant, uh, Melancholia, which is... Melancholera? Right. It's the cholera you get from eating melons. Exactly. Yay! That is the worst joke. Yeah. So I'm bad at jokes. Yep. This one's uh, it's hyper artsy, uh, but it's it's almost a two part movie where the first part is just this the main character's wedding, and then the second part is more of extended formally extended story about her go. and her family, uh, specifically her and her relationship with her sister dealing with the potential end of the world. Oh, uh, and it's all a really grim but in your face metaphor for depression uh-huh. and i hear that it's one of the most accurate portrayals of depression in film and just getting you to sort of feel what it feels like and understand it i'm gonna go watch this fucking movie and confirm or deny that one yeah <laughs> so i i hear from people who know movies and are depressed that i need to go watch this fucking yeah. movie dude it <laughs> sounds like right in my wheelhouse <laughs> dude it's super artsy um the the first half is shot sort of really choppy documentary style, which was really off-putting for me, but I think it works for some people. Okay. Um, so, it's yeah, it's good, but it's also grim and unpleasant and hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also, 2011. So I I rate every movie I see on IMDb, and I've rated close to a thousand movies, and I've given eight movies ever ten stars out of ten, and two of those movies came out in 2011. Really? Yeah. Which ones? Bullhead and Shame. Huh. You haven't heard of either of those. No, I haven't. Yeah, so Bullhead is what a... shame. It's a... I, I see what you did there. <laughs> it's a great character study masquerading as a crime drama centered around the Flemish cattle hormone mafia. Woo! That was a sentence, wasn't it? What a <laughs> sentence! Yeah, it's the most niche movie in terms of the story you could imagine, but it's a... It's a brilliant, brutal character study of this main character who, uh, to avoid spoiling things, he had some traumatic event in his past and it's really influenced his present day character and just sort of this self-destructive spiral that violence can Was he sexually abused? Into. No. Damn it. I am 0 for 2 on this guessing yeah. the spoilers. They're, uh, yeah, it's... It, it's surprising enough that you're probably not able to guess it until it happens. Although I'm issuing that as a personal challenge to you. All right. <laughs> uh, but it makes sense and it explains a lot of who his character is in mm. the movie. Um, so that one's really good. It's uh, You have to put up with subtitles because it's in three different languages. Oh, none God. of which are English. Oh, God. <laughs> uh. um, but it's it's really good. Um, speaking of really good shame, my, uh, the other 10 star movie from this year, uh, that one I have talked about before specifically on our best sex scenes episode because okay. it's, uh, 
Uh, Michael Fassbender's a sex addict. Yeah. And it's NC-17 and really graphic. Yeah. Um, Carrie Mulligan's actually in it, speaking of her. She's Carrie. the from Drive. Oh, right. Drive mom. Um, she's the drive mom who drives baby. She's the baby driver. Oh, that, Jesus. That was even worse than your melon joke. Yeah. God. <laughs> no. Why would you even consider it a melon joke? <laughs> That makes it sound weirder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so she's um so Michael Fassbender he's a he's a sex addict and he's got uh I think the the blurb on the back of the DVD is he's got this carefully constructed life that allows him to feed his habit but maintain a sort of a normal exterior. Mm-hmm. Uh and he she's his sister, she shows up and kind of throws that whole equilibrium out of whack. Uh and it's uh, it, it takes since it it deals with sex addiction and not like gambling addiction or alcoholism or drug addiction or any of the normal mm-hmm. addictions that movies usually deal with. It's a sort of a interesting, unique exploration of the mechanics of addiction, I think. Yeah. But it's also just a really hard to watch, absolutely heartrending character story. Mm-hmm. Um, the music is really good. Um, it does this. It, it's, it's pretty artsy. It takes a four minute stop in the middle and Carrie Mulligan just sings this, slow kind of chromatic rendition of new york Ugh. it's it's a great version yeah but it just a lot of little moments and stuff and it's 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 hard to describe um if you're uncomfortable with nudity and sex stuff definitely don't watch it oh lots of nudity do we get full frontal michael fassbender yep that's like Yay. the very opening movie it, so the opening shot is him in bed naked he's got a sheet over his loins but he takes it off and stands up and it's like a three minute shot of him just walking naked around his apartment what a dude yeah what a dude in the nude oh god (laughs) uh yeah no but it's you um, should be ashamed of that joke i you should be more ashamed of that one i'm I'm always ashamed constantly i'm a perpetual state of shame yep self-shame yeah um, all right yeah it's got some of my favorite character moments so i recommended that for the small percentage of the audience that would be into that sort of thing percentage the only percentage we have of our audience is a 50 percent. yeah we have two fucking <laughs> listeners <laughs> it's either 100 percent, 50 percent or zero percent pretty much <laughs> yeah no that one kind of left me in emotional shambles when i was done and I tend not to get that emotional in movies. What if I punch you right in the kidneys? Uh, I would almost do what Shame did to me. Well, what if I it's punched a... Hannah right in the kidneys? I would kill you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> uh, all right. One movie that I know you have seen from 2011 that I wanted to bring back because I'm almost at the end of stuff I wanted to talk about. Okay. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Tinker <gasps> Yes. Oh, fuck. I love that movie, dude. Oh my god! I feel like if there was any movie that I would rate a hundred or hundred stars, ten stars on IMDb, it'd probably be that one. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck! I love that movie. Top five movies for me. All right, you want to explain why you like it so much? Oh my god! It's so discreet. Yeah. It's literally just like I talk about it all the time about how my favorite thing is show don't tell, mm-hmm. or like and, and just very discreet details that you need to pay attention to, which is why so I like the first subtle. season of Game of Thrones so much. Yep. It's just you need to focus. It's a movie that. You- really trust you have to watch yeah and i watched it with sean a while like back way back when Mm -hmm. 
and she wasn't paying attention and that just rubbed me the wrong way yeah because like just at the end it was just like all of the everything was coming to conclusion and mm-hmm. stuff like that and it's just like ah and just nothing from her and i'm like god damn it yeah it's oh it's such a good movie dude it, yeah just the it's what like it centers around like six people the whole movie basically pretty much and it's just I I don't even really remember the plot entirely. There's a mole. Yeah, there's, there's a, a mole. It's the British. In, it's in the British MI, intelligence. MI6 and uh, Gary Oldman's character George Smiley, the famous John the Car spy, is called back in out of retirement to try to track down the mole. Yes, and it's got every famous British actor ever. Oh fuck yeah, it does, dude. <laughs> God, it it's got uh, Brendan Gleeson, doesn't it? Uh, I think it doesn't actually have Brendan Gleeson. It has a guy that looks a lot like him. Yeah, well, it's got the king from King's Speech, who I'm completely blanking on his uh, name. Farrell. Uh, yeah. No, Firth. Firth, God. Colin Firth. Colin Farrell and Colin Firth, dude. Yeah. You can only have one Colin F. <laughs> yeah, it's got him, it's got Gary Oldman, it's got Mark Strong, it's got uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, it's uh, got Tom got, Hardy. Uh, Toby, uh, Toby, Toby, Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Um... I never know how to pronounce it. Is that Tom name. Hardy? Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Yeah. He did everything. <laughs> Bringing that back. Uh, God. Uh, John Hurt. This uh, is the Harry Jaren Potter Hines. crammed into one movie. Yeah, like, no. it's all the British actors. So many Harry Potter actors. Is uh, Helena Bottom Connor in it? No. I feel like she is. No. Because there's. It's mostly just about the, the men in the smoke filled rooms of this yeah. spy. It's. um. It's a spy movie for people who for people who are willing to pay attention. Yeah. And like I see a lot of reviews and stuff online where people are like, This movie's so dumb. I really hated it. Nothing happens. Because they went in expecting yeah. it to be James Bond or Mission Impossible, and it's first, so not. I slept through the first time I watched it because my parents brought me to the movie theater when it first came out. Uh, and you know, middle of the ten years, yeah, had so little respect for the media. Yeah, you didn't know how to watch movies, and yet. I just passed out like thirty minutes in. I was yeah. so bored. Yeah, and then I went back and watched it. Like I heard my dad rave about it at one point, and I was like, you know, and like I saw it. I'm like, you know, maybe I should watch this. And I watched it, and I kind of it basically was Game of Thrones to me crammed together. Yeah, where like I watched it in the first thirty minutes, I wasn't really paying attention, and then I'm like, wait, I missed a whole lot. What? <laughs> yeah, it's, and then I went back and watched it again like a few months later, and I'm like, uh, "Oh my god, this movie is amazing!" <laughs> yeah, it's so dense and tightly. It's written so dense. So many little tiny subtle things mean so much. It's literally every line is finely crafted to to yeah. further the plot and to in, and to clue you in as to what's actually happening, mm-hmm. like what the actual like who yeah. the mole is and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure, as far as I can remember, you can cl- you can call if you're paying attention close enough. You might be able to notice who the mole is like halfway through. Uh, probably. I think that because I knew kind of who the mole was from my previous watches. Right. And like I was seeing that all very clearly on my most recent watch. Yeah. Remembering it. Remembering back. There's a couple of moments where that could really clue you in. Yeah. So if you're really, really paying attention, you can actually call it. Yeah. And just god it's such a good movie i forgot i remember when i was looking through the list of 2011 and i was like yes i gotta watch this again yeah. but i never had a chance to watch it yeah but oh such a good movie yes if you're gonna watch any movie from 2011 for me watch that movie yeah it's uh it's it's something else it's a good movie. great great spy movie it's it, it's a spy movie that manages to be tense and thrilling with 
all of like three shots fired the entire yeah. movie and it's and I mostly think it's just people the looking same through shot. paperwork it's like three shots in the fired but it's the same shot yeah it's just the same scene over and over again from that's another thing i was talking about that because uh, i remember when i talked about it a while ago mm-hmm. i think i watched it again and we talked mm-hmm. about it i love the idea of telling a story built around a single event um which is why i kind of want to watch that movie that rashomon yeah yeah um but like Basically, what the movie does is it plays this, like, one thing where shit went crazy Mm -hmm. for, like, two minutes. And then it tells you – it shows it to you. It it shows it to you. Then it tells a little bit of the story. Mm -hmm. And then it shows it to you again. And you now know a little bit more about one of the characters. Mm -hmm. So you're a little bit more clued in as to what's going on. Right. And then it tells you a little bit more of the story. And then it shows you again. And you're like, fuck. Oh, oh, that, that's what's happening. And then it shows you again, and then it shows you the lighter, and it shows you the scene again. Yeah. And then you're just like, the lighter! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. It's so good. Gosh, you you should actually finish season one of Punisher, because they do a Rashomon episode. Oh. And it's really cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Shall we? No, we gotta gotta do, like, our actual lists. Oh, fuck. Top five. All right, you want me to go first? Uh, no, let me bullshit this for a second. Okay. Uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, absolutely number one. All right. Um, I'm gonna put Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part Two, number two. Okay. Just because there's a lot of movies I haven't seen. Yeah. Uh, uh, Drive okay. number three. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say, based on your thing, uh, I'm gonna put Warrior as number four, even though I haven't seen it. Okay. I feel like it might be up there. I think you're really gonna like it. Um, and Cars 2. All right. Not Captain America. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm going to go from five to one in fifth place at the gray. Okay. Which it turns out is not taken, but with wolves. It's it's not Liam Neeson punches wolves. And we didn't talk about that at all. No. Yeah. I forgot to mention it until I saw it on my top five list. Did you see it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. It's sort of a, I like it because it's like a well for one thing it pushes my cinematography buttons with bleak landscapes and yeah stuff like that and then because it's also it's just sort of a man versus nature um nature is cruel and unforgiving which yeah. i always like that sort of thing yeah so pushes my buttons in the right way it's probably not objectively in my top five i've already picked objectively the top five best but i like it enough. yeah um i actually put tinker taylor at four <laughs> which i love that movie but I like the top three more. Yeah. Uh, number three, Elena, which I saw recently. It's okay. a Russian movie about an older lady who's married um, to a wealthy, upper-class Russian guy. Uh-huh. Um, and he has a stroke early on but survives. And it because of the character dynamics that come into play around that, uh, her inheritance and her family's inheritance, who she – her – her children or her her son has a little family that's uh um very dysfunctional like none of them are working and the kids a acting out bad teenager that's like actually hurting people and yeah generally being a, a troublemaker um and so she wants to inherit she's hoping that she gets inherits money or can like get him to give her some money so that she can send him to a nice private school to try to clean him up. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily's here. Okay. But uh, <laughs> it, it throws some character dynamics. It, it's, 
it's a fascinating movie because it could be a really boring, just kind of straightforward, almost morality play type story about yeah. her wrestling with some decisions. But it plays your own sympathies. Hey guys. Hey Emily. Dad. <laughs> Somebody. We're recording. Can you? Can you, still? We're almost done. No. Can you stop shouting, please? <laughs> <laughs> we're almost done. Anyway, um, <laughs> leave that in. <laughs> so yeah, so Elena, a very loud conversation happening right out the door. I think yeah. it might have even picked up on the mics. Might might be. But no, so Elena, it um, I, the way I've described it before is it plays the viewer's sympathies off against themselves, mm-hmm. where it gets you to care about the right characters at the right moments, where you're not sure how you feel about each character's decisions as they go forward, mm-hmm. and so it's it, it's my favorite sort of thing where it doesn't tell you what to think; it forces you to make your own decisions about the morality and the stuff like that. I'm bad at those decisions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I. I, I tend to think that literature and more broadly, I guess, storytelling art mm-hmm. is at its best when it forces the audience to decide what they think about things. Okay. Because if you tell someone yeah. what to think, it's kind of boring. Yeah. Um, so I guess the way I boil it down is if you give people the answers, you're boring. If you ask people the questions, you're interesting. If you get the audience to ask the questions, you're brilliant. I dig it. And it's it's an oversimplified formula, and it definitely doesn't apply to everything. But yeah. in this case, I think it works. Yeah. Uh, and then number two, Bullhead, which I talked about. Number one, Shame. Shame. Shocker. Fuck. Is... I mean, the two you rated one, uh, <laughs> 10 stars yeah. out of 10. Wonder which where, wonder where, they're, where they are on the list. Yep. So, all right. That's that. Best Movies of 2011. Yep. Uh, a month from now-ish, we'll do Best Movies of 2012. Oh, nuts. What's our next episode? Uh, we should probably look this up. Episodes chart. I really need to like get Let's better. See, what came out in 2012? Avengers did. Avengers came out. 2012 came out. Oh, God. <laughs> do, do we have to talk about that? Briefly. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Pokemon episode. What? Detective Pikachu's coming out the next week. Oh. Oh, God. We got, Poke- we got Pokemon with Andrew. See if we can get him on. Okay. Because if we can't get him on, we might have to do a different episode. Okay. He knows way. He knows the most about Pokemon. Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then Tolkien is the next week. Talking, talking, talk, talk, token, talking, token, token, talking, token. That one. That one. I'm gonna have to get a lot of reading done because I'm get fucking reading, dude. I'm halfway through Return of the King right now. Okay, so you don't have that much to do. We'll have to finish that, and And then then you've got the untold tales, unfinished tales, and yeah. So yeah, that'll be some reading. Fucking going, dude. All right. Kinsey started reading. uh, Yeah, I saw that. I'm very excited. Yeah. You need to catch up. Listen. You've got some standards to live up to now. Fucking listen, dude. No. I can, I can recite the movies, and they're relatively, like, faithful. As a co- I know there's, like, Tom Bombadil. We'll talk about this in the Tolkien episode. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's uh, shoust we. We, we. Yeah, let's shoust. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, happy Easter. Happy Easter! We didn't, we didn't say that. Um Let's see. Merry Christmas. If you've if you've got thoughts on our lists or our thoughts about any of these 2011 movies, you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter where we're at Justice Losers Pod. You know also, we read the comments. Yep, because no we'll, one comments, so we'll actually read them. Yep. Uh, we're also at Justice Losers Pod on Instagram and Justice Losers Pod it's at like gmail.com. A comment is like a hug in a loveless life. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Call ahead to my 2017 movies. Loveless. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Andre Tvagintsev, who directed Elena, he's really good. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, if there's movies that we missed, you should hit us up on one or all of those mediums. Uh, let's see. This is your last chance to get Endgame Theories in before that yeah. comes out on Thursday. So send that to our Gmail or our Facebook or our Twitter. Um, next week is maybe Pokemon. If it's not Pokemon, send us some suggestions for episode ideas because yeah. we've got a lot of stuff planned out, but we got some gaps in there and we'll, yeah. we're always looking for fresh ideas for content. So yep. If you've got a brilliant episode idea, you'd better tell us about it, because otherwise we won't know. The less we know about a topic, the more research we'll do, and the more interesting it'll be. All right. I, that's a terrible promise, and I should not have made that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the history of condoms from ancient Egypt to today. History of condiments? From ancient Egypt to today. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I think I've said all the things I'm supposed to have said, so thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.